Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Just the Good Stuff. This is your host, Rachel Manfield. And I feel like I should actually start introducing myself on the beginning of these podcast episodes, just in case it's your first episode with Just the Good Stuff. And you're like, who is this person that I'm listening to? So I guess here's my spontaneous introduction. Um, I am a food content creator, started off as a recipe developer, running my food blog eight years ago, which is crazy to think about. I'm also an investor and the co-founder of Great Shit Ventures, which is our VC fund. I am a podcast host, a cookbook author, a mom of three, and probably a couple other things that I'm forgetting. I guess you can think of me as someone who gets bored easily and likes to continue to try and do new things. So I also work alongside with my husband, Jordan, who is the co-host of Just the Good Stuff. That was probably the most informal and ridiculous introduction and background, but here we go. Today's episode is with the founder of the cereal and muesli powerhouse, Hannah Barnstable. The founder of Seven Sundays, Hannah and her husband Brady are the co-founders of Seven Sundays, the go-to better-for-you breakfast company. They make the most delicious cereals, mueslis, power oats, and more. And I can personally say that I eat their products every single day. I'm not kidding you. The maple cereal and their muesli, everything is to die for. Um, Our kids also eat it. Jordan's obsessed. It's like one of those brands where you could have it for breakfast then have like another flavor of their cereal for a snack. And then that like pre-bedtime, you're a little hungry and you want a bowl of cereal again. Yeah, this is the brand that you are going to, it's just going to fly through your cabinets or pantries. They have so many delicious flavors. I love mixing up different concoctions using them. And in this episode, Hannah dives into the why of why they started Seven Sundays in the first place, what makes them unique in the breakfast aisle, and she walks us through their different product lines, what's to come for their brand, their passion for the environment, which was very inspiring for us to listen to, and how that can also be seen in their products and more. Like their fruity cereal that just launched also has beets in it, and you don't even know that there's beets in it, and like the way that they're sourcing their maple syrup. You'll, I'm going to butcher this. Like I'm going to let Hannah do all the talking of that, but like it's very interesting how they source everything, and it was very inspiring how much they really have a passion for the environment. They're a certified B corporation as well. As both investors and consumers of Seven Sundays, I am so very excited for you to listen to this episode, and I do have a discount code for anyone who wants to try it. For 30% off, which is probably one of the best codes that I share, it's with the code RACHEL30, R-A-C-H-L-30. You can get 30% off your order on 7 Sundays website, order legitimately everything. I'm so bad with like the actual names of things. I just either call them by the color of the bag or like parts of the flavor. I love the chocolate muesli. There's a muesli that has wild berries in it that's amazing. The maple sea salt cereal, the blueberry cereal, the new cereal, everything is just phenomenal. I cannot wait for you guys to listen to this episode. Let us know what you think. And if you have any questions or thoughts that you may have while you're listening, don't be shy to ask or let us know. And as always, if you have a hot second to rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Spotify, that would be so incredibly appreciated. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hannah, we're so excited to chat with you. I pre-gamed for our our chat today by having the I actually tried the one of the muesli's I'm like a huge now I guess you could say recent adapter to muesli Uh I started eating it like when we had norovirus and I've always been like a cereal lover like that's how you like got me into seven Sundays was like this the sunflower cereal right and then we had muesli downstairs and I was like vomiting everything and 
I like don't throw up ever. And so I was like, oh my God, like what do I eat? For some reason, muesli sounded really like appetizing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had the chocolate one. I'm going to butcher names because I just, oh, you know, I had early the riser. One. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And it was amazing. And then I started combining it with the cereal and like flax milk or almond milk or whatever milk you have. And ever since then, so it was like a month and a half, two months ago, I have had it every single day. So I've gone through the jumbo bags of the, yes. what's the other one that has the dates in it? Farmer's Market Mix. I eat it every morning. Love, Love it. Love the it. The dates are so underrated. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's like, like soft, like a, it's like a soft, sweet, like crouton in your muesli. <laughs> like it's, it's whatever. So it's so good. And so then no one's ever called it a crouton before. No, I, I'm writing that down. I love it. A soft, sweet crouton. Cause so we have a hard time addressing dates. Now I know it's a soft, sweet crouton. I don't know. I just, I really am into it. And like, I pick them out, like whatever. And then, so I finished the jumbo bag of that. I finished like all the small bags of the chocolate one. And then I was out of it, I thought. And then yesterday I went down to go get the the maple sunflower cereal and I found the berry muesli. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Never had it. Had it this Number morning. Number one skew. Mm-hmm. It's oh, okay. Well, welcome to Planet Earth, Rachel. And it's phenomenal. I love the raisins. Are they raisins or dried blueberries? They're little. They're actually little wild blueberries from Canada. They're amazing. 12 out of 10. I, that I think I, the, the chocolate is definitely my favorite because I love chocolate, but like, I'm really, you know what I can, I don't have, like, actually I would eat any of them, but that was, that's my ridiculous. Story I'm so happy to hear that you are on team muesli. It is a slow love affair, but once you get in the habit of like that sort of a breakfast with the mm-hmm. textures, right. So you get like the chewy, the subtly sweet, the oats, the raw oats, like it just, I mean, it is a, it's a staple. It's hard to ever leave once you've joined the club muesli for sure. And the cereal is great. I do the cereal as a, you know, pre-bed snack, right? But the muesli, I still, I'm so glad that you've, you've found it. And do you combine it like the granola with the muesli? Because like, that's a pro move. Yep. So I do. I mean, you want to hear my, so I do the farmer's market mix every morning with my homemade oat and almond milk. And then I throw a big handful of the rise and shine keto nut granola. Cause it's got like the chia seeds and the freeze dried strawberries, which are basically like marshmallows to me. And then that's my breakfast literally every morning. And then with the cereals, their snacks or after dinner, I'm really on this honey kick with like crushed little raspberries and cold milk. And then one more for you because you're on the early riser kick. This is a kind of a bad habit, but um, do you guys know, you know, the Van Leeuwen ice creams? Cause they're mm-hmm. from the East coast, right? They have oh, yeah. a cherry chip one. So I do a scoop of cherry chip, a big old handful of early riser muesli and a splash of milk and maybe fresh raspberries. And I am telling you, I just, just try it. That's how I know we're here so to talk good. about like healthy food and stuff, but like that, that's my latest thing. I've been under no, a lot I'm of stress interested. and that's what I'm doing for it. Wait, so. so- so what does the splash of milk do to the ice cream? Does it like make it like a little soupy? It's just a texture. Yeah. It makes it a little soupy. It helps absorb the cereal. It just, just try it and trust me. I never it's kind of bizarre. putting it on dessert before, but. It's, it's like a scoop of ice cream in your cereal is more how I would describe it. And it's just not a bad thing. It's not I'm a bad so thing. Into that. I'm so into <laughs> that. You know would like that? Our, our kids would like that. Ezra, I don't share it with my kids. It's so. everything. <laughs> Ezra eats anything that's cereal and ice cream related, but Aww. like our kids 
have a cereal every single day um, to the point where it's almost like annoying because it's sweet, but like they have in the morning, they have it after dinner, they have Ezra has it at school. I'm like, okay, like enough is enough. Like, (laughs) let's, let's go. Well, Hannah, we're so excited to chat with you. Thank you so much for wanting to come on to the podcast and share everything about seven Sundays. I actually really liked our just organic like intro talking about the muesli and like hot takes. Good way to start. Yeah. Good way to start. I didn't know there was so much thought put into your morning. I mean, I should have known there was so much thought. You didn't know there was so much thought? I don't know. I just see you sitting there eating and I'm busy running around. Okay. I'm picturing Rachel having this like super zen breakfast and Jordan's like trying to get lunches packed and like screaming at the kids and like you're just over there in la la land. Like I'm breastfeeding and then I'm pumping. I'm like putting food on Ezra, Mm -hmm. giving Brody food. I'm like, oh my God, the mornings are chaos. Yeah. I mean, I get up with, I get up with Ezra and Brody earlier in the morning and they have Mm -hmm. a breakfast before Rachel gets down with the baby. Yeah. But then they, but then Ezra and Brody insist on sitting next to her and then having a second breakfast uh-huh. with her. Yeah. Which is, it's amazing. Yeah, I like it. It's me. I, you know, I said there's my three boys. Two boys. Mm-hmm. I bring nice. the milk to the table and, you know, I do, we do what we do our thing. So, yeah. I love hearing people's morning routines. So, it's just real sweet. Yeah. Mine doesn't really include meditating or anything. <laughs> Zen as much as someday, Rach. I do go to the bathroom in the morning, so I'll take that as my meditation. You know, you're alone Um, in there. Hopefully, no. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot, Cooper's usually on the floor. Brody, I don't even shower by myself. My kids are always there, but you know, you have you three kids. They're got three kids too. Mm -hmm. When you're by yourself, you're scared. Like I'm like it's eerie. Uh, We're gonna agree to disagree on that one, but. um... Moving on. <laughs> so, so let's dive into seven Sundays. So you've been around for 10 plus years. Why did you and your husband decide to start seven Sundays? I love, love that intro question. Um, like most entrepreneurs, it was ultimately born out of a frustration. So I had a, a pretty solid career in finance and I was actually working with, with food businesses on the you know, on the finance and investment banking side. So I was touring a fair amount of um, food plants and getting like a taste for what the food industry was all about. And I would say in general, because I'm a curious person, I just sort of dove all the way in and ultimately, you know, started this, this like little bug started coming where it was like, you know, something's not right here. Like we can there, the food system is too complicated. You know, I would be in meetings trying diabetic food and they'd say like, Oh, I don't eat more than like this much. Cause you're going to get sick. And so, um, you know, ultimately seven years into that prior career, I just had this moment and it was a very strong pull to, you know, stop being in sort of this advisory role, but actually like jump in to an industry and build a business and make a difference. And, you know, the whole idea was we could never find good, clean breakfast foods. And the more you kind of walk that aisle in the U.S., the more it just became so clear to me that, you know, while there is some good stuff happening in the grocery store and in different categories, the cereal aisle looks exactly the same as it did when I was a kid. And I don't want my kids eating that. Like I, I'm of the generation of like, you don't know what Fruit Loops are. Like we're going to, we're going to find an alternative. So 
I literally, I up and quit my job with this idea of let's make, I want to make a brand seven Sundays, right? So like, think of like your beautiful Sunday morning routine. It's intentional. It's thoughtful and creating a breakfast around that idea that we can have that. We can have real food all throughout the week. So fast forward, I went from like business suit to like scrubbing pans and putting labels on product for the farmer's market overnight. And that's how it all started. And why, why did you start with muesli? If like you think that the whole cereal aisle needs help, which obviously, you know, we agree with wholeheartedly. Why did you start with muesli of all things? Yeah, I missed a key part of the story. So thanks for bringing that up, which is right around this time, um, Brady and I got married and we, we had been working our butts off in New York and we're like, we're going to go and do a backcountry camp trip. We're going to go to New Zealand explore a part of the world we've never been. And if you know anything about New Zealand, I mean, they are, it's just like embedded in their culture, sustainability, clean, simple food. And so when we were out there kind of thinking about our lives together and what we're going to do next, every morning we had a bowl of muesli. That was like the most special, it, you know, kind of like fueled us for the day. More importantly, we'd never heard of this thing called muesli, which is essentially what the rest of the world eats for cereal. Like we're the only country where we have these like bright, colorful puffs and balls and all this junk, right? But we had never been exposed to it before. And it just, we like our story kicking off this call, we we got hooked. We're like, this is what we're gonna, this is, this is an amazing way to start the day. So we actually came back home, not thinking about starting a cereal company, but just simply trying to find a cereal that compared to what we were eating. And I remember walking aisle after aisle in New York City, every single grocery store, every single bodega, and I couldn't find anything that compared. So started making it ourselves. And again, like really with this like deep rooted feeling coming up of like, someone's got to do something about this. Like this is, there's other better ways to start your day, you know, and, and quite honestly, really think about the food system overall. And, and so that's where the muesli came to be. And what year is this? Is it actually 10 years ago? Yeah, we, well, yeah. I mean, there was certainly a, a period of time where the idea was sort of like in our heads um, or in my head, really, it was a uh, Brady joined in year two or three at the company, but initially it was just me. So this was 2010. The idea was sort of like bubbling by 2011, maybe 2012 was when I had officially left my, my career and started the company full on. And were you in, Man- in Manhattan? No, we ended up moving back to Minneapolis, which is where I'm from. There was a lot of debate about where to start at New York. Such a great food. It's very supportive of like good, healthy food entrepreneurs. Uh, But Minneapolis is its own special pocket. Um, It's got a really vibrant food community and natural food, like, you know, a lot of natural food co-ops and things like that. So it ended up being a really nice place to start start the business and a good supportive community. So were you... um... You launched the brand after you moved back, and then you wind up having children after that, or were your kids born in New York? Simultaneously. So wow. Lewis was born right around, I mean, it was, I had left my job, got pregnant, you know, started a company, had a baby, all of it, all at once. Technically, Seven Sundays is our firstborn. But yeah, I mean, it's it's been a ride because, you know, it's such a big life transition to start a family, Right. And not only that, we started a family business at the same time. So it has all been like totally commingled. And it's all of it has just been a part of our family life from day one. I will tell you, kids 
um, as you guys know, are really awesome test testers because they're so honest. Mm-hmm. So anytime we come up with anything new or we're, we're kind of like getting feedback or we want to like gut check something, we just throw it on the table and see what happens. And so, yeah, they're super a part of the business as well. It's kind of kind of been a fun process from that standpoint. So you have this amazing Muesli. Things are going you know, well. You're living life. Muesli's doing great. You're in a handful of great retailers. Why did you all of a sudden start cereal? So yeah, in the game, like how did the cereal come about? Yeah, I mean, we really did think of ourselves as a muesli company for years. We had, like you said, we we got into some retailers. It was an uphill battle because a lot of people couldn't even pronounce it. But just like your experience, we knew that once they tried it and kind of incorporated it into their routine, they would love it. So we did. We built like we grew every year. We built this nice little business with Muesli. We elevated the category. We became a leader in this niche. I would say three kids later, you know, in many years of of building this business was it was right around actually when COVID hit and, you know, all of our travel stop were like everybody were stuck in our house and our four walls, with our kids. And we started to think about the business and, you know, really like our thinking about how our mission is to rethink that aisle. And the idea came into play of, Hey, could we ever make a cereal seven Sundays style, which, you know, seven Sundays, you guys know where we tend to be like way ahead of the curve as far as like extreme clean ingredients, using upcycle or the first use upcycles, you know, ingredients, we don't even use natural flavor. So the idea of like creating a, what's traditionally a pretty processed food, seven Sunday style, we were suddenly felt up for the challenge. Um, and we knew too, like deep down that we wanted to be more than muesli, which was never going to be, you know, this, the category that traditional box cereal is, which is a $10 billion category. So we knew deep down, like we were ready to do more. So that's how, that was the start of this, our sunflower cereal, which has truly been transformative to the business. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely our first introduction to the brand and I literally fell in love like the first time we had it. And I just told Rachel, I'm like, this is one of the best cereal products hands down I've ever had. And I don't like get that excited about food. Like I like food and it (laughs) brings me joy, but I don't get like that excited or that like riled up for things. Um, So like once I had it, I'm like, wow, this, this stuff is awesome. I get really excited and am very passionate about every crumb that enters my mouth. So once I'm <laughs> obsessed with something, like I can't stop thinking about it and I have to eat it every single day, like a crazy creature of habit. But there were like, I've been a cereal fiend my entire life. Like I grew up in a house that had like Captain Crunch, Cinnamon mm-hmm. Toast Crunch. I remember having like the strawberry yogurt um, Cheerios. And then like in college, I was all about Special K. And like, I love you like the puffin, the oh my god, peanut oh. butter puffins, Barbara's puffins. Yep. Yeah. Ooh. It's on our radar. Peanut butter. Just gotta yeah, find you got to make do. it. When you were when you were sending us the upcycled oats cereal, I remember being like, you need like a peanut butter, peanut butter. flavor because like that's mm, it's like my ride or die. But it's also this like the one meal of the day that I don't have like peanut butter involved. So maybe don't do that to me. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. but like puffins, I loved, and I used to mix like puffins with like granola, whatever. So I remember Jordan used to not even want to go down the cereal aisle oh with my me. God. She was so annoying about going down the cereal aisle. Like, we've, been there, <laughs> we've been there for like twenty five minutes, and I'm like, great, like nothing's changed in the aisle, right? <laughs> and that's when we should have known that it was a sleepy aisle at that point. Or now, yeah. like, but like 
yeah, she would go in and inspect like every different cereal looking for something new. And it was every time I went to the grocery store. Well, it was becoming a lot. It was also in college where right? I was becoming a lot more like subcon, like aware of the ingredients I was eating. Yeah. And that was when you would pick up like Barbara's, like the puffins. And that was like the healthier option compared to yeah. anything else on, on shelves. And again, like I would come back from like late nights in, in, at school and my friends would be ordering pizza and mozzarella sticks at midnight. And I would be the person pouring cereal and milk and almond milk when it was like, there was one brand of almond milk, like Brie, almond breeze or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, I was my go-to. So when we tried seven Sunday cereal, that was almost like the gateway drug into like your company and like your brand. And that like made me try yeah. mostly. And like, I think that that, that probably speaks for a lot of like your consumers yeah. as well, because like they try the cereal and then they, they have that brand loyalty and that obsession from the cereal. And then it makes them want to try other things. They know that you've perfected it. So when you were like, and I'm sure like listeners, like they likely already know this, but like just to state the obvious, can you walk us through like what is so special about your cereal compared to the other cereals in the aisle, especially when it comes to feeding your kids and like why the ingredients stand out? For sure. Um, I would say, you know, one thing to know about our brand and products and really us as individuals is we're very passionate about that intersection between people health and planet health, I think they're super interconnected. And so when we developed the cereal and subsequently other products since then, our protein oats and now our new upcycled oat cereal, um, we start with what we call ingredient-led innovation. And we start with our, you know, developing those things in our kitchens. We don't use labs. Um, we don't use flavor houses. Um, and that's actually very, very rare in the cereal aisle, really non-existent. Um, even your quote unquote healthy brands, you know, they're not um, um, true to like a, a totally clean label. I believe we're still the only fruit flavored cereal, like our berry cereal and now our super fruity that is made with real fruit and that's it, right? So that's um, pretty unique for the aisle. And hands down, anybody who comes across our brand, you know, we we get that feedback inbound, whether it's through like social media or our website or people we meet. And it's the same story. They're flipping it over. They're in tune to what they're eating. And so there's been sort of a shift from, you know, laser focused on just nutrition facts label versus going below that and trying to understand what's going into your body. And that's our ingredient list. And um, we are still just so far ahead on that. And, you know, Jordan, you talked about really enjoying the cereal or it was the first cereal you really loved. I also believe that real food tastes better. It, it makes us feel better. There is a sort of just natural harmony when you are, you know, when your cereal has um, a beautiful organic maple syrup in it from Northern Minnesota versus just your regular everyday cane sugar. So, I mean, we, and date, you know, we talked about dates at the beginning um, we also do a lot of sweetening with California medjool dates. Um, so these things come together into the whole experience. And that is where there is innovation happening in cereal right now. And I think it's good. It's, you know, but it is, it does tend to be pretty like um, narrowly focused on either how do we get sugar down to zero or can we make this friendly to the keto diet? That's not seven Sundays. Seven Sundays is can we create a product that we all love, that's so convenient, that we want to give our kids, but we feel good about what it's actually made from. And can you just talk a little bit about the things about 
like being upcycled and regenerative, some of the earth-friendly items you mentioned at the beginning? Yeah. So you can almost like, if you look at our business today, you know, Brady joined in year two. He and I have, we're both highly competitive, very passionate people. And I always say like my side of the business tends to be on the people health, clean label, developing food from food. Brady, what he brings to the table is a deep passion around climate change, regenerative agriculture, and where he's plugged into the business is really an understanding of how big of an impact food is in food production and growing food on the environment. It's a, it's a very big part. In fact, you know, just looking at, you know, upcycled ingredients, food waste, you know, you'd almost, it would blow your mind as far as like how making some shifts and how we eat and how we grow food can really actually start reversing some of the damage of the planet. So where we come together is those things should be able to live in harmony. And so from the early days of seven, some days, Brady would give our company PowerPoint presentations on regenerative agriculture and how, you know, if we as moms, right, we can think, we we can relate to this, right? I can give my kid a, a carrot that's been like propped up in fertilizer, or I can give my kid the carrot that is in this really deep, um, you know, soil that's living and, and has full of nutrients. I mean, we're always going to choose the carrot that's grown in the living soil. And so um, we've leaned really heavily into that in being really in tune from where our ingredients are coming from. You know, again, Rachel, you talked about the little wild blueberries. There's a reason we purchase wild blueberries for our cereal versus cultivated. They have 10 times the antioxidants. They don't require any fertilizers. They're wildly grown um, up in Canada. So we are highly, highly in tune to ingredients. And so by default, we're going to be looking at how it impacts the overall environment and climate change. That's amazing. I didn't even realize that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like your husband's passion for that. Yeah. Like (laughs) I, you know, I'm, I'm more the person, like I pick up, um, the, the item that I'm interested in eating and I can't even tell you the nutritional breakdown on your cereals or mueslis. I have no idea. I just look at the ingredients. I'm like, great. Sounds, sounds awesome. But I never even really considered like how important, like the sourcing of those ingredients are to like really bring out the flavors. Like I, it sounds crazy, but like I really noticed the, how flavorful the wild blueberries were in the muesli. Like it was a flavor punch. And when I'm having like the maple sunflower cereal, it really tastes like I'm eating like a good waffle with cereal, with syrup on mm-hmm. it. And it's like you said, it's because it's like the quality syrup on top. Well, I was just quickly trying to find your last investor update because I think you made some points about some of the stuff on the um, like soil carbon initiative that you guys are a part of. And also, yeah. um, you know, passing some of your B Corp renewal assessments. So I think these are just like really important things for people to know about, like the focus uh, of your brand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can also speak to, I think that B Corp is a, um, if people are are not familiar with that, I mean, there's a million certifications you can get, especially as a food company, hands down the one that's the most important to us um, is our B Corp certification. Um, And really, that's a commitment to using our business as a force for good, which now having run a business for 10 plus years, um, man, if you're if you're not thinking about that, you know, I think I think we just as as communities can really get ourselves into trouble. Um, I think that's where corners are cut. Um, And when it comes to food and our health and what we're ingesting and where our families are, um, you know, I, I would love to see all food companies become 
B Corp certified, where we are constantly thinking about, you know, balancing profit with what's the right move here, um, whether it's for long-term planet health or, or the health of our kids and our families or being transparent in our marketing or all of those things. Taking like a little step back to like when you were starting this brand, you know, I think there's been a big push now to focus on female entrepreneurs and people and females in the food and beverage space. But how has that landscape changed over the last 10 years when you started your brand as a female food entrepreneur? Yeah. Um, I would say the what's interesting about the food industry is it brings everybody in. I mean, you have your hippie co-op, you know, 70-year-olds, like you have these young, beefy guys with their next beverage. Like it brings, you guys, you know, remember at Expo West, you look around and you're like, this is an eclectic group. Like mm-hmm. there is everyone here. Um, so I've never really felt, and that's coming from investment banking and finance, where I was one of very few women, especially in like a more senior position. I would say the biggest shift I've seen is not so much necessarily on the founder side, although I can talk about women founders and how my goal someday is to just give back to the heart and souls of women founders who are trying to make a good difference in the world. But where I see the shift is on the decision makers side. So I remember initially starting out, um, you know, and I'd go to a meeting and there was a fair amount of kind of like your same looking, um, you know, white men who've been in the position of a grocery buyer for a couple of decades, didn't really understand what the hell I was talking about as far as real strawberries or regenerative egg. Mm-hmm. Now, um, it's totally different. I mean, I have a upcoming Whole Foods review where the only bullets in there that I'm responsible for talking about are all about planet health. That's it for the breakfast review. So I think now there is, um, and even all the way to like, you know, cost conversations with a, with an account like Costco, um, they want to understand, you know, how we're cleaning up our ingredients and why, and, you know, are we putting um, virgin plastic in the pouch or are we using recycled plastic? Like these conversations didn't happen in the early days. And I think there's been sort of like an evolution on the decision maker side. And in some ways, maybe even ahead of where the consumer is at. And and that's super promising to me because we need those decision makers to come in with that fresh blood. So I know you asked about women in particular, and it does tend to, I am seeing, you know, less of that same kind of, you know, when I first started that sort of like grocery guy maybe cycle out with some new fresh ideas and people thinking more holistically about the industry instead of just as a business. And that's um, super exciting. I mean, it's a direction we have to go. And what about like on the um, the capital raising standpoint, like obviously coming from finance, you were probably on the minority side of being female, but how has that landscape changed at all? Or if it has Oh, wait, that's a loaded question. I mean, yeah. and something I'm highly passionate about, um, you know, still less than 3% of businesses. And let's put it this way. 97% of businesses are male run funded by males. Um, so that's a crazy statistic. Wow. Um, when you think, when you really think about it, you know, we, we have a lot of women angel investors. We're probably approaching 50%, though. It's still not 50-50. Um, so it's not perfect, but I am pretty proud of that. And I've been pretty intentional about that. 
but yeah, I mean, certainly I think I just, you know, all of us women founders maybe have a little bit more of a, um, a sensitivity and like that, that automatic red flag that will pop up. And, you know, I would say it's not everybody, but there's certainly a lot of kind of, you know, let me tell you, or let me, (laughs) let me warn you about these things you must not understand. I call it sort of like that dad taking the role of the dad when you're trying to have a a conversation about, you know, Hey, actually investing in our business is a huge opportunity for you. Like that's, (laughs) let's like, flip this around a little bit instead of you kind of telling me what I, what I need to do. I'm actually giving you an opportunity and normally you don't have to go there, but, but you do, unfortunately. Um, I think as a women founder, there is more of a tendency to have people come in and try to turn that table around. So we all have these, I think all of us just have a pretty sensitive kind of trigger or red flag, like, Oh, that, that tone was not appropriate, you know? And, and luckily we're in a position where we can just say like, you know, we don't, we don't need that or want that. And we can kind of move quickly onto the next. Um, that's where I see it the most. And, you know, I have a, just a, a really great community of other women founders. Um, and some of the stories and things that happen in the boardroom are, are also, um, a little bit scary on that front. Um, but it's a, it's a battle and we're all tough and, and fighting it. So have you found that this space, like the, you know, startup food and beverage space has been, has had good camaraderie? Like, do you lean on other brands for like support or advice or et cetera? hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that's one of the coolest parts about being in this, in this space um, is we're all kind of on the same path and I hate hitting us up against big food, but that is essentially why we're all bonded mm-hmm. together. Right. It's, it's kind of like, you don't really think of the other natural brand next to you on the shelf as being your competition um, because the mission is so much bigger. It's not really about that, especially in the cereal aisle, right? Where it's like three companies make up 99% of the $10 billion market. It's crazy. So I think, I think that's where it comes from a lot is we all have, we're all on the same mission. We're all on the same past. And if anything, the contention is really with kind of the profit driven beasts in the aisle versus, you know, we're the change makers. Um, and the reality is we all have the same problems with distribution and getting our pricing through and how do we market up against these big guys. And so when you're able to build those connections with other food entrepreneurs, it's just so much synergy. Like we can all share so much with one another. So you have the sunflower cereal that comes out. You see great success with this. And in the last few couple of weeks, I feel like, yeah, maybe like a week or two, you launched the upcycled oats, the, another cereal line, which we had the pleasure of trying when like two months ago. You guys got some early samples yeah, I too, say, I think last summer even. Yeah, I was going to say it was warm out. Oh, well, who invited me again? Oh, I you've, been, you've been, been like, a little busy, I guess. Busy, Rachel. <laughs> Warm out. Well, whatever. So we've had a sneak, sneaky mm-hmm. preview, whatever. So you just launched a new cereal line. What inspired you to create, you know, a sibling to the sunflower cereal line? I'm so glad we're talking about this line because I've never been more excited about anything in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're right. We did. We literally just launched it 10 days ago. And a fun fact is I just looked at our like our forecast, um, in our models, like what we were, I I had a projection for what we would sell on our website of this new line. And we've already oversold what I had in our, 
forecast in oh, 10 days. That's amazing. Love that. It, it has, yeah. So I was very excited about it. And then we put it up on the site and like, now I'm just, um, I can't wait for it to hit stores. So this is a product that uh, like most seven Sundays products, it came about just by listening and kind of being in tune. I don't know how other companies do innovation, but ours is a little bit, I feel like our, our cycle for innovation is just a little bit more unique. Um, so last year there were a bunch of fires in the Northern Plains and there was a major, it created a major drought. So long story short, you couldn't buy oats and we use a lot of oats in our muesli. So this was kind of like late 2021, but then even going into to 2022, we were capped at how many oats we could buy. And this is a common problem. I mean, there's supply chain and inflation all over. Some of it's related to climate change. Some of it's related to labor issues, whatever. But this was this was climate change related. Anybody who bought oats, their price doubled overnight. It was a bit of a catastrophe. Um, meanwhile, there is just this funnel of oat going into the oat milk industry, of which I'm a large consumer of. I love oat milk. I think it's one of the greatest plant-based milks that has come because it's creamy and it tastes great. So, um, you know, we're watching this, we're, you know, watching that industry take off and, you know, we dig in because that's what we do. And, you know, most people don't realize this, but when oat milk is made, you're blending the oats with water, removing the starches, but then this byproduct, this, all the leftover oats are the starch removed oats are three times the protein and twice the fiber as a whole oat. And there is currently no place for that to go. So it's being land dropped um, and essentially wasted. So we ended up starting a discussion with a local company that are one of the largest oat milk producers about how we can, you know, possibly use the, the oats from that waste stream to bring it back into the supply chain and bring it back into nutrition, nutritious food for human consumption. And there we sparked this idea. So we started doing like basically the whole idea was, could we create a cereal that also, and our sunflower cereal is the same. We're, we're removing sunflower byproduct from the waste stream. That's super nutrient dense. In this case, we're removing that oat byproduct from the waste stream to create a super nutritious cereal. And so the idea started about a year ago um, and we've been working on it ever since. It's got the same principles as a sunflower cereal, super clean label, but a totally different. It's like basically like an amped up Cheerio. It's a little O. We have a Simply Honey one. That's the one that I was telling you I throw raspberries on right now. And it's, I could eat it. I mean, I could eat it all day long. I don't even it's need delicious. like a lunch. It's great. Um, it's got like four or five ingredients, really clean. Um, so, so that's how that product line came to be. And we, you know, we, we, our first cereal is grain free. It was made with a sunflower byproduct, but very quickly we're like, we're not, you know, we're not a keto brand. We're not a grain free brand. We love oats. You know, what else can we do? We've got these kids. I mean, most kids aren't on a keto diet. So we wanted to create more of a family friendly product. We wanted to continue down the pathway of innovating with upcycled ingredients. And we brought this guy to life. Um, we have, uh, nationwide distribution coming on board next month with Whole Foods and Sprouts and um, lots of other retailers. So it's to it's a total game changer. And I think it's even more accessible for families um, than even our sunflower cereal, just because people are familiar with the idea of an oat cereal, right? It's something that we've been eating since we were little kids, um, but a totally different way to go about it. And tell us the flavors. Most importantly. Yes. Okay. So um, Simply Honey, we already talked about. It's my go-to. I would say the star of the line is our super fruity. Um, we're getting tons of feedback that it's reminiscent of Fruit Loops. Yeah. Um, but it is. 
It is outrageously beautiful ingredient deck. It has has beet powder in it. I was shook. Don't tell your kids that, but yes, it does because oh, you know you want kids, it. You want it to be pink. Roasted beets. Oh, you're kidding. Okay, but no, see, no. you guys are a different deal. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, deal. I don't give Rachel it to them because like I'm them. psychotic I, about cleanliness. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, beets are messy. Yes. Um, but it has you know high antioxidant cherry powder, a little bit of orange oil, and it's just a beautiful clean ingredient deck, and legit tastes like Fruit Loops. Um, so that's going to be the star. Um, but then we have a really great maple cinnamon with our Northwoods maple syrup again, and then a chocolate sea salt, which I am that, that one is a little bit of salt. It's rich. It's, um, I mean, I'm, it tastes like a a little brownie treat. So that's our lineup. We have a couple other flavors that have been developed that will probably be more seasonal. Um, we have a great Uh, apple one that I cannot wait to launch. It's kind of like your new age apple jacks. Yeah. You know, yeah. When a, a few of my friends ordered the the variety pack when it came out and they were like asking me for like the full rundown and like the apple is one of my favorites when you had sent us the samples like yeah. a few months ago. So I'm like telling them about apple and they're telling me I'm like wrong <laughs> and it doesn't exist. It was like, no, like I ate it. Like I know it's, I know it existed. And then I saw it at expo and then I'm looking at the website like, no, it's not there. No, we ended up not producing it. Um, and this is just one of those things with, you know, that you learn and, and as a business owner, you have to make those decisions, but five skis is a lot to bring to market at yeah. once. Um, and you know, we, we wanted to make sure that we had like the proper set and that we had full distribution with the ones that we were launching. And it's just funny, like it probably happened too quickly of a decision, but we're like, let's just hold that back for a fall launch. And so we did, so it's ready to go. Um, and we will, it'll come out you guys will get it. ASAP when it comes up. I know, but you'll be real ready for it all, right? Like a nice little apple cinnamon nutmeg one. I'm always ready for apples, baby, but you know, I'll be ready <laughs> for it. Rachel goes by the, by the, an apple day. Uh, so really? She literally oh, good for you. <laughs> I love apples. It's great. It's the greatest snack. We always have a huge bowl in our house. It's a I'm good a, snack. I'm not a big fruit person. Like I don't like, like I don't eat berries. Um, huh. I eat like dried mango. Rachel's, Rachel's particular. She likes awesome. I'm a particular eater. Do you like um, the super fruity oat cereal? I love. Or is it, it not your first choice? No, I love it. I just don't consume fruit as a actual fruit. Got it. Like, okay. yeah, I'm, I, you know, I might, I'm a quote, healthier food content creator, but like, I'm not the epitome of health. Like I'm not very good <laughs> at eating fruits and vegetables. <laughs> I would like, I would be like, I eat beets today. I had super fruity. <laughs> no, I can relate to that. People hate having Brady and I over for dinner. Cause they're like, Oh God, what do you guys eat? And I'm like, we eat everything. Like, you yeah. know, we just think, you know, balance. <laughs> yeah. So I just, funny. I can't, especially there was, I yeah. actually saw like a, tr- um, it was a real this morning on Instagram and it was something about how you're, you have your first kid. And like, so someone's telling you, yeah, I'm like about to start feeding, giving purees to my firstborn, like organic, this <laughs> like homemade this. And then the person like, I'm just talking, like giving them my third child's made up of 80% chicken nuggets, <laughs> 10% macaroni and cheese. I'm like, Oh my God, that's going to be Cooper. It's just like, you know, just thousand percent. It, it changes. Yep. Mm-hmm. It does. It's it, it's hard. It's it's like a full time job doing all this stuff. Yeah, but we do a good job. We do a good job. Yeah, we could talk yeah. food and kid. We could have a whole separate podcast discussion about food and kids because um, it is a thing. Yeah, it's an ordeal. 
Well, that was what intrigued me with your cereal in the first place, like over a year ago when we first started consuming it, because I was having difficulty getting cereal for my kids. Myself, I'm a little bit more like flexible, I guess you could say, but for my children, I'm not giving them a cereal with cane sugar in it. And I'm not giving them something with natural flavors in it at their age. Like Brody at the time was a year old. Like he's so, he was small and pure. And it's like, we consume things in our house on a daily frequent basis. So if they're going to consume something like that, like I want it to be top notch. And that was what like really made me excited because there was no natural flavors no cane sugar. And I just let them eat as much of it as they want because that's their boys. It's they, they eat a lot. Yep. Um, so it's, it's important. That, that's great. Yeah. And it's got the protein in it. And yeah, I mean, we, as moms, I mean, this is trying to find parents, parents, sorry, Jordan, but like, you know, okay. you're always trying to figure out like convenience. Um, and you know, it's going into small little bodies and, yeah. you know, we should treat our, our adult bodies that way too, but I understand the the focus on your kids. And, yeah. and I do think like as a cereal brand, we're constantly in tune to the kid side because that's a lot. You look at the calories your kids consume. Um, you know, it's not the same balance as we get as adults. Like they're not eating green salads for lunch. I'm almost certain of it. But so what are they consuming? What are those quick things that we know that they'll eat? Um, and how can we get the best stuff in their bodies so that when they show up for school, right? They're thinking that that's why I love breakfast because it's like the way that you start your day does matter. And also as we send our kids out the door to the world, you know, what, how do we want them to be fueled? Do we want them to have that sugar rush? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of us had that cereal growing up, but imagine the crash we had mid morning or what that kind of does to your brain when you're trying to focus in school, but you're coming down from a sugar high because you had 15, 16 grams of sugar in your little bowl of cereal. Yeah. I think that's like with breakfast cereal, not only can be a snack, but it's also kind of how we send our kids out the door. So uh, something we're always thinking about. That's what also drives me crazy is that, you know, for Ezra's school right now, like the snacks that they provide are just horrific. And then they'll like give, they had, it was like Israel's birthday, this 75th birthday. So they had blue and white frosted cookies and holla. And like when it's, you know, they gave ice pops a couple weeks ago, but his teacher gave me shit for giving him dark chocolate pretzels with no refined (laughs) sugar. And I was like, I was livid. You should be. Are you kidding me? Like you give my kid pure junk and I can't give him an organic pretzel. That's like with, with a little uh, unsweetened cacao. Are you nuts? So then I make these like smoothie muffins that are banana, spinach, egg, mm. oat flour, mm-hmm. whatever. And I put, we put chocolate chips on it. I'm like, I'm sending this to school. Like, call me, please. Heck yeah. Because like, I'm like, I can't do that. But what, what I was going to say about the school though, is that your cereal is not free. It's like school friendly. So addition, in addition to giving to them before they go to school, you can pack it in their lunch boxes. Yeah. We, I think that's yeah. a good idea. We pack it for Ezra. I'm not e- either for his snack. Oh, okay. I was like, sometimes I'm not the best at like remembering that something has no, seeds in it or no, no, sunflower seeds are good. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Yeah. Sesame yeah. seeds we can't do. Anyways. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the allergies thing is real for sure yeah. for kids oh, at yeah. school. But yeah, it is it's frustrating. I think you know, one theme that I'm particularly sensitive to is like processed foods in general. Um, you know, natural flavors is the number two most common ingredient in, in packaged foods, natural flavors. And when we really dig into that, like it's a loophole. It's an artificial flavoring. And so there's addictive properties. Um, you know, there's all sorts of, you know, potential health issues with that. 
So when you look at schools, sometimes a frustrating thing is like kids' food in general seems to be more processed and have more sugar than any other type oh, yeah. of food, you know, than the adult versions. And it just almost feels like the, the focus is in the wrong place. And all we should be doing is, you know, trying to limit processed foods or trying to focus on real those like real food ingredients that are going to be much better for their bodies. Like you said earlier, Rachel, it's not about the nutritious facts panel. Like have as much fat as you want in this avocado. Like that's not, it's, you know, but it's tricky when you're sort of, it's ingrained, especially in the, in the school systems about like, what is a proper meal for a child? I think there's conflict there. There's some tension because I disagree with a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. It's on my to-do list to reach out to the director of the preschool because like I am three kids, like I'm more coming in there and I'm yeah. so not impressed with what they do with their food, but so impressed with the school that the school is amazing. I was going to say, it's, it's, it's not the actual school. It's just the, it's the entire it's like the culture, the entire system yeah. of school. Like they're just following whatever the probably state guidelines are. Who knows what they 100%. actually have to follow. Yeah. So it's probably not yeah. that they're not in tune to, it's just that's sort of just what's been accepted. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Yep. Well, so now that you just launched this, we're going to be those annoying people. And next? Like, next? <laughs> so like, do you have any like goals or things in mind that you're comfortable sharing for the evolution of seven Sundays to come? Yeah. I mean, I will say this, we have a whole suite of really fabulous products right now. And the number one goal is to just get them out in the market because, you know, innovation. Yeah, of course we have 110 ideas. Um, I think there's more we can do in cereal. I also think our brand, it lends itself beyond just the cereal category. I mean, if we don't have a pancake mix with the name seven Sundays in a couple of years here, like that's going to be a problem. Um, you know, healthy snacking and those types of things. So I, I do, you know, I do see our brand really starting to expand outside the cereal aisle. Um, we talked about peanut butter. I mean, we have a laundry list of really exciting things, but in the interim between our cereals, our mueslis, we have an amazing protein oatmeal made with that same oat byproduct. So it's super creamy. It's ready in a minute. That is really only on e-com and in the club channel right now. So, so starting to deliver that into traditional retail, make that more accessible for people, um, as well as our keto nut granola. Again, it's really just e-com in the club channel. So starting to develop, we have two other recipes. So we'll have a suite of three and, and moving that over to retail, just making all of our products more accessible to people and available um, so that they can try them all and figure out which ones work for them and their family. That is the current 2023 objective. So you'll see new flavors. Like I said, um, you guys, I know, know the rise and shine keto nut granola. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, actually, you want to, you want to chime in on your opinion. So we have a bright blueberry that is coming out in that same, um, you know, genre of like an almond based, beautiful keto cereal with these freeze dried blueberries. Um, but then the one I want your input on is, especially because you're an early riser fan is we're doing a, a dark chocolate one. And we are debating whether or not to kind of keep it early riser style with a little bit of like those, those dark chocolate chunks in there. And, or do we elevate, I'm already nervous about your answer though, because you told me you don't like berries, but do we throw in some like crumbled freeze-dried raspberries, which are the most beautiful thing in the world? Um, are you a purist? I'm, I'm interested in your guys' thoughts when it comes to chocolate or are you like, give me the chocolate chip. I, you know, the, the cherry chip ice cream, like, which are you? 
I'm the I'm a purist. You're I don't like I don't like mixing fruit with um my I don't like mixing fruit with my food. Like I don't like like chocolate covered strawberries. Mm-hmm. Like like I'll eat them, but I like if I was Got looking it. at a shelf. But again, I'm just like one person. If I was looking That's at right, a shelf. I uh, and I saw like a chocolate raspberry cereal or a chocolate cereal, I would pick the chocolate cereal. Yeah. For sure. Because if someone, oh, I think I, this is a good perspective. If someone wants to add raspberries, they could just add some raspberries. Throw them in. Yeah. Yeah. But freeze, something about freeze dried fruit, and you made, you made the reference to it at the beginning of it tasting like a marshmallow. Mm-hmm. Freeze dried fruit is so damn good that I would. Yeah, but they're going to have a bear, so bear you want. Yeah, we will. So it's uh, like you already have the fruit. Like, what about yeah. for the people who don't these want fruit? Hard. Maybe just do both. These are hard. these are the. No, it's too similar. No. I, so I, the topic I, needs to be continued. Yeah. Um, We're fifty know, fifty. Maybe we'll throw out some surveys on social media or something after this and see see what we, we can should. get from responses. People are opinionated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but either way, it's going to be angled on the chocolate side. No question about that. And they're delicious. So so yeah, we we definitely have new things coming out. Um, but this, this oat cereal launches, it's going to be a big focus for us. Um, I think it opens our brand up to a whole host of new families and audiences that maybe, you know, prior to this, they, they haven't tried the sunflower cereal. Cause there's a little bit of a yeah. hurdle there. Like, what is that? What is sunflower cereal? What is music? I can't even pronounce it. Um, so the oat cereal, I think is, is really going to be, be big and, and we just can't wait to get it out there. To, to let everybody try it. We ran out of stock in the first week and we just got another truck in yesterday. So we restocked the website, but it's crazy. Oh, it's amazing. Well, we are so incredibly excited for you guys and we are very proud investors. And mm-hmm. you share where everyone could buy your cereal and mueslis and all the things and learn more about seven Sundays. Oh yeah. So I always suggest people just come visit our website. We if you haven't picked up on this through the podcast, we are doing a lot of really cool things as a food brand. Um, we have an eat up website that talks about how important upcycled ingredients are and removing waste stream. Just get to know us. You can reach out to real people at seven Sundays anytime. And we see all of that. So we just love to connect with people. Um, but yeah, you can find seven Sundays nationwide in the natural channel with like a whole foods or a sprouts, all of our stuff's on our website, uh, Amazon, if you're in certain regions, you can find big bags of seven Sundays at Costco. And if you do, you should definitely buy them because that's the best deal. You're getting like a big family pack of something. It's huge. Um, in my back stock like pantry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was sad. I was like, I'm never going to eat this whole thing. And I ate it all in a week and a half. So there was that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you guys are family of five. Like Costco is going to be in your future. I'm like, a, I shop yeah, no, at my I local co op and Costco. That's it. And they're like both, you would think extreme opposites, but that's what I do. Um, but yeah, I think um, Whole Foods is a great spot. If you if you live near one, you can find um, you know our muesli there. You can pick up the bag of that farmer's market mix or a sunflower cereal in about a month, the new old cereal. So amazing. Thank you, <laughs> Thanks, Anna. Anna. Thanks, you guys. This was super fun.